Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is, is from Colossians, the first chapter, where Paul writes to that church in Corinth, in, in Colossae, Once you were alienated from God, and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now, well now, he's reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you in his sight holy, without blemish, free from accusation. Dear friends of Christ, you know, we have several, uh, so the last several weeks, month and a half, we've been dealing with the problems in the church of Galatia. And now we get to move to a different church and check out their problems. So we're going to check out the problems in the church of Colossae. And uh, they had problems too. They had false teachers and uh, just around like we do today, even in the early church. And these false teachers had found a better way to draw near to God. They'd found a better way to find comfort, a better way to find strength, a better way to hold fast, a better way to deal with things in the life, a better way to have peace with God. And, and they claimed that we didn't really need Jesus' physical death on the cross. All that really didn't need to happen. You could still draw near to Jesus. You could still become spiritual people, good spiritual people. You, just don't, you don't necessarily need the cross. That Jesus didn't have to die uh, you know, to wash away your sins. But they did teach that Jesus could help you understand God better. That kind of sounds like good teaching, but it's not. To understand this Gnostic teaching is what it was called, Gnostic for knowledge, a higher knowledge of how to draw closer to, to God. To understand this Gnostic teaching they're dealing with, I'm going to take a scene from the original Star Wars movie, and I hopefully everybody's seen Star Wars. And uh, so you hear that have this Jedi warrior, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and, and he tells his, uh, uh, the guy he's teaching, Luke Skywalker, how a Jedi warrior can feel the force. Just feel the force in you. Feel the power in you. Let the force flow. And he gives Luke a blast helmet, which shoots lasers at him. And, uh, and, and he covers his eyes, you know, blindfolds him. And, of course, Luke complains. He says, how am I supposed to, you know, block the lasers that are shooting at me if I can't see? And he tells him, Obi-Wan says, your eyes can deceive you. Sounds kind of spiritual all, doesn't it? Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. Stretch out with your feelings, Luke. And he does, of course. He stretches out with his feelings, and then he starts to block all of those laser, laser blasts at him because he's attached into the power of the force. Well, that kind of thinking is still around today. And which is why, of course, we find in the movies, Jesus is just a good force. And if you can tap into the power of that force, then he teaches us how to deal with the powerful force of the universe. And we become one with the universe. And so, sadly, some Christian churches still teach this kind of stuff. It's not biblical truth. The Bible is clear. The Bible makes it very incarnational. The Bible says we are saved by the physical suffering, by the physical death, by the physical resurrection of Jesus. That Christ's physical body matters. Very incarnational, very fleshly. 
And the Apostle Paul says that it is in the body of Christ, in the flesh of Christ, that we find reconciliation to God. And it's in the body of Christ that we find reconciliation and peace. That's where you find the peace. That's where you tap into the power. In the body. And so our theme. Peace in the body of Christ. We desperately need Jesus to do what he came for, to become man, to become flesh for us, to do what we could not do for ourselves, to be that magnet, to draw all sin to him. And Paul reminds us, uh, reminds the Christians in Colossae how lost they were and how, how wandering they were before knowing Jesus. He says, you were once alienated. One time, at one time, you were alienated from God. You were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. At one time, you were wicked, wicked people, but now things have changed. Those are strong words. Alienated, enemies, evil behavior. And evil is, is, is more than just gunning down somebody in a bar in Dayton. Evil is more than a guy walking in with a gun in Walmart and killing 18 people. Evil lives in the unkind words we say to one another. Evil is when we think about ourselves first. Selfishness. Evil lives there. In the unspoken words, in the unspoken thoughts we have toward one another, Evil lives there. The Bible calls it our sin nature. And it's in our flesh. We are indeed by nature, by body, by flesh, sinful and unclean. Evil behavior. Alienated from God. Unacceptable to God. Now, our sinful nature, our, this human heart that we have, enjoys rebelling against God's commandments. It doesn't like following the commandments of God at all. It doesn't like listening to God's Word. It doesn't like learning from God's Word. It doesn't like studying it. Oh, do I have to go to Bible study? Do I have to go to church? And, and this is just nature. This is just our, this, what's, what's wrong with us inside? And Romans 8 says that we are at war with God. Our sin nature is at war with God. The sinful mind that is set on the flesh. See, very incarnational. Your sinful mind is set on fleshly things. You want your body fleshly. You want your body to do things that the body ought not do. And so your sinful mind sets itself on the flesh. And it's hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law, His commandments. Indeed, it cannot. It cannot do it. You were born into this world... And you were born hating God. You were born in this world alienated. Enemies of God. Natural man hates this message of God. And hates the one that God sent to save the world. And we all know how this evil looks in our lives. Now you've seen it. A mom tells her son to treat his sister better. Now, you treat your sister better. Don't treat her that way. And, of course, he kicks and screams, and he lashes out at his mom with a bunch of verbal abuse. 
he screams and he shouts and he cries and he runs down the hall and just before he slams his door in anger to his bedroom, shouts back at her, I hate you! That's how people treat God. He gives them the commandments. He tells them how to live. He tells them how to be fleshly, how to live for God, how to be different, how to repent, how to turn, how to change. That you need to treat people, even the people that you don't like, even the people you hate, that you treat them well and love them and treat them kindly. On July 14, 1960, my mom gave birth to a son. And they named him Paul. And Paul was born into this world, alienated from God, an enemy of God, with evil behavior. This boy was destined for evil behavior. And of course, I'm that boy. And so it is with every person who takes their first breath of life in this world. The Christians in Colossae, at the Colossian church, had once lived in this darkness, in this dark realm of the recesses of sin. And before they became followers of Christ, they didn't watch their tongue. They didn't watch what they said. Didn't really pay attention to all those evil things. They worshipped false gods because there were a whole bunch of you know, places to worship uh, temples there. And if anyone mentioned that their false gods were false, they'd lash out in rage. How dare you tell me that what I believe is evil. And the people in Colossae didn't want anything to do with the Christian God, and they didn't want anything to do with the Christian Son of God who died for the sin of the world. They were not willing to accept how lost they were, how condemned they were. And they refused to believe in God's plan to rescue sinful people is in the fleshly body of another man. That salvation is in the body of his son on the cross. But Paul has good news for people like me. Good news for the lost people of Colossae. Good news for the lost people of Spencer. He says, but now God has done something different in you. The word is reconciled, brought you back together. But now God has reconciled you by Christ's fleshly body. He's reconciled you by Christ's physical body to present you before our Heavenly Father in His sight without blemish, free from sin, without accusation. Instead of being alienated from God, you're drawn to Him right? The Holy Spirit has made you, through the actual body of Jesus, has made you acceptable to God. Because the body of Christ lives in you. And we, we see all that. You see, it's very fleshly. It's very incarnational. Through His physical suffering, through His physical death, through His physical resurrection, Christ lives in you. He's alive in you. And sin can't be then. Because Christ is holy and right and good and pure. And His presence washes all sin. That normally reconciliation happens when two people of opposing nature get together and work at it. And they're reconciled. But the Bible says, no, God Himself 
reconciled us to himself. God reconciles the world to himself, and he did that by sending his son to do things right. Sending his son in flesh to keep all those commandments, to bear all our ills, and to rescue us. In my children's sermon, I, I use this, these magnets, and of course, you know, we, we see that when you have the opposite ends, uh, the opposite ends attract, and of course, you've got the two positives and the two negatives. If you put those together, it repels. The positive and the negatives, they, they don't join together. And that's, that's the way we are in our sinful nature. But, but the magnet is strong. Christ is a magnet for our sin, for the sin of the world. Jesus died for everybody's sin in his flesh. And like a magnet, the sin of the whole world stuck to his body. And God the Father then said, we've got to deal with all that sickness, with all that brokenness, with all that wickedness. And of course, then of course, Jesus dies on the cross and as he is being punished, and he says, it's finished. I paid the price. I did the work. The magnet. And now, the Holy Spirit draws us close. But not some kind of spiritual force. We draw close to the body. We draw close to the blood. And Christ, in His very incarnational nature, attaches us with him like that magnet that that couldn't be pulled apart and we become acceptable redeemed and saved and forgiven in christ and that's the message of the gospel that's the good news and and of course jesus died not to just cover up a little bit of our evil behavior he died to get rid of it all to wash it all away and that's why he cried out, it's finished. He, he died for the sin of the whole world, for every single person. It's all paid for. He paid for it with his physical body on the cross. Paul says, God made him to be sin for us, that in him we might be the righteousness of God. And because of Christ's body, the Holy Spirit has come now and given you faith. Made you part of that body. The body of Christ, the church. And we are part of a very incarnational body. And because you're part of Christ's body, Jesus says, I love you. I accept you. I forgive you. I'm pleased with you. And this is the good news, isn't it? The Christians in Colossae were struggling with all that. And so Paul warns them. He says, continue in the faith that I taught you without being moved from that solid foundation of the hope of the good news that it contains. You've heard this good news of which I, Paul, became a servant. And I've spread this good news throughout all creation under heaven. Satan hates that good news. The devil hates the incarnation of Christ. And so Satan sends his messengers out with a different message. Church, you need more. You need more than just the body of Christ. You need, you need to draw closer to Jesus. You need to do something. You need more. You need to find God. You need to reach out with your feelings. You need to reach out, Luke. Reach out with your feelings and tap into the force. And when you find the force, then you'll have salvation. 
The sad thing is our sinful flesh likes that because our sinful flesh is kind of egotistical and we like to think that we have some kind of power and we have some kind of worthiness in ourselves. And I can reach out and I have the power to reach out and I can do it by myself. And I should get some kind of credit for trying to be a child of God. I should get some kind of credit for trying to be a good person. The good news. The good news says it this way. Christ plus anything equals nothing. Christ plus anything equals nothing. Christ plus nothing equals everything. It's just as the song states. In Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. Isn't that beautiful? We stand in the physical body of Christ. Such comfort. The Jedi warrior boasts about his ability to reach out and find the force. The Christian soldier, the Christian warrior, we boast in the body of Christ. We boast in the physical death. We find peace in God with the one who was slain for us. The one who was crucified for us. The one who bled for us, who fought for us. The Christian warrior wants to see his own body used. I want God to use my body for his kingdom. I want him to use my tongue. I want him to use my hands to do his work. I want to be his vessel. To bring the message of Christ to the world, to people in that world who still are at hatred with God, to people who are still at war with God. Notice how Paul uses his physical pain and suffering as he's talking to the people of Colossae. He uses his bodily pain, the beatings that he's had, and the, and the, the trials that he's experienced in his body. And he uses this to promote a peace to the world. He says, I'm happy to suffer for you now. In my body, I am completing whatever remains of Christ's sufferings. In my own body, I suffer because Christ suffered. I'm finishing that, and I'm suffering on behalf of his body, the church. That's why I suffer. That's why my body suffers, because of the body that's here, the church. I become a servant of the church. I became a servant of the church when God gave me the work of telling you the entire message, the gospel, that it's through the physical body, it's through the physical suffering, it's through the physical pain, it's through the physical death, it's through the physical resurrection that you're attached to salvation. And of course, we become part of that body, don't we? We are that physical body, the church. 
Paul wrote, we bear about in our bodies the dying of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's physical body abused was a window for others to see this incarnational, this fleshly, this bodily aspect of the church. Draw near to Christ's body, be saved. Draw near to Christ's body, become part of the body of Christ. And the body of Christ then serves. Tell everyone where your hope is found. My hope is found in the body of Christ. Tell it to your spouse every day. Tell it to your children every day. In the workplace, tell it to the people that you meet and gather. My hope is found in the body of Christ. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song, the cornerstone, the solid ground. Here in the love of Christ I stand. The Lord has made you his warrior. He expects to use your body in his kingdom to serve him. To let the world know sin is forgiven through the body of his son. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.